0: Guys, we're back. We're here. We're here for another episode of the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast. Happy to have everyone in here. It's nice to be back. Last week, if you missed it, we counted up from our number one spot um, all the way to the number five spot in the rookies for the upcoming 2021 draft. We have a couple of weeks until draft season. So this week, we are going to continue that trend of counting up our draft our our favorite players in the rookie draft and we're not just going to sit here and tell you you know this player is good and that player is good not only do we have some numbers to back it up we have a little bit as to how they're going to apply to fantasy and we have a little bit of a f- the, the film for the people that like to uh put some something to view in their in their mind while they're hearing these stats so we can break it down and uh I'm excited to get going today. I just want to immediately start out by posting. If you want to upgrade how you feel, go over to the FF Fit Club Twitter account. You want to go over to the FF Twitter uh, Twitter account. You want to follow, and you want to go and purchase your merchandise. You can see that I've done it. Uh, we're repping uh, shamelessly repping the shirt and the hat. Good prices, and, and it's important because all their proceeds are donated to Right to Play USA. If you have any questions, you can uh, find John Helmkamp. He can take care of you and get you what you need. And so before we uh, get started on number six on our list, I just wanted to tell you go and upgrade and check in with the FF Fit Club. Guys, how are you doing? I am your host with the most time on his hands <laughs> as a FF. Uh, and with me, as always, are my two best mates, my two boys, the two guys, in the passenger seats here with me. It's Big Billy FF and it's Jacob Sanderson, FF underscore R T D B. Gentlemen, back at it. I was hoping we would have a little bit more to disagree on today, but it looks like we're kind I only had to break one tie in the ranks. So uh congratulations on that. Just wait. Wait for next week. Next
1: week is where is where (laughs) Billy and I actually get to disagree and fight like we do in our leagues. (laughs)
0: <laughs> but for this week, uh, we're gonna kick it off with a player who maybe doesn't get the amount of credit uh, he deserves, even though, well, maybe even arguably gets too much credit considering a lot of people have fields in the in the fantasy community have fields over him, but it looks like the NFL disagrees. Um, a lot of people think that this player is going number two to the New York Football Jets. And I'm excited to see him play. Guys, it's the baby face. (laughs) It's baby face. It's Mr. Wilson. It's this year's. What do we say uh, coming on here, Billy? He's the good guy to Herbert's uh, villain in their Disney channel. uh, If you made a Disney (laughs) channel
2: (laughs) football show, Zach Wilson (laughs) is the good guy and Justin Herbert's the bad guy.
1: Yeah, I don't think so. Uh, I think he's like the sneaky bad guy. I think like he's like the guy who, you know, he shows up at the beginning of the film <laughs> and you're like, oh, look at this guy. He's sleek. He's got a headband. Uh, You know, he seems like a man of God. And then later you find out that like he's the one that's really up to something. I think maybe that's my cynicism coming through. But um, <laughs> my girlfriend. He, de- he definitely like seems like, you know, someone that's that's up to something that, that, you know, is a little bit untoward under the surface, usually throwing touchdowns.
0: Yep. <laughs> I think he looks good. Like I think he shows a little bit of promise athletically. You see the little flip underhand throw. I think like that's obviously people see that they want to go. Well, it's, it's like Pat Mahone. Just want to give a third and goal. Shout out loving the hat. Hey, go get yourself one. Like I said, go check out uh, the FF fit club. Go get yourself one, get those proceeds to all play USA. Um, And again, coming in with these definitely suspicious. (laughs) (laughs) I like that. I like that. I love it. So, Guys, what we have is a a player who has enough attempts, right? Why do you think, Jacob, he's going to succeed for your fantasy roster this year or fail?
1: Yeah, so my like case for Wilson, and I actually had Wilson uh, at the five slot, and we broke that tie uh, mostly on the basis uh, that Tom didn't want us to talk about four quarterbacks the same week. So that's a, a decent enough basis for me. Um,
0: sometimes I got to step in
1: my like optimistic rank on Wilson. Isn't necessarily as much about Wilson is it just is about quarterbacks. Generally. Uh, there was a tweet lions in 2084. Andrew, if you end up watching the show, uh, I hope you appreciate the shout out. Um, he talked about, uh, there was a tweet I saw where only one player, uh, which is Baker from, I believe it was like the 2014 through 18 draft classes is still starting on the team that drafted them. And, I think a lot of people use that kind of narrative to not draft rookie quarterbacks because it seems like an unsafe investment to me. I'm using that as a reason to draft rookie quarterbacks in this draft. Like you look at last year and I know the quarterbacks did really well, but the wide receiver class was phenomenal last year. Probably one of the best ever. Um, The running back class was phenomenal. One of the best ever. That's not going to happen very often. It's not going to happen uh this year i don't think at all at running back wide receiver but what we do have this year is a phenomenal quarterback class we talked about lawrence and fields who i think are complete locks we talked about lance who has a ton of upside we're gonna talk about wilson today like zach wilson if i break down sort of analytically at least to me it's bizarre that he's he's going to be drafted ahead of fields and you know some people are talking about him um in relation to lawrence his this, his year this year if you just only watch his tape this year if you only look at his numbers this year are absolutely phenomenal. Mm-hmm. Yep. So 11, 11 yards per attempt. 93rd percentile quarterback rating. That's really really top stuff and he's just 21 years old as a junior. So he's coming in really is a very strong prospect. You look at a lot of these guys, you know, like that have failed recent years like a Josh Rosen, like a Drew Lock, Dwayne Haskins whatever. He's a better prospect than these guys if you just look based up their college production. So whenever you hear these, oh, you know, no matter what, half the quarterbacks are going to bust taking the first round. That's not actually the case, in my opinion. I think we just have a really great crop of quarterbacks this year. And often we don't. Teams always need quarterbacks. And so sometimes not very good quarterback prospects get bumped up into the top five unnecessarily. So with Zach Wilson, my concern is it only happened this year. He was a very average quarterback. Well, way above average as a college quarterback, but he was a very average quarterback prospect based on his production in freshman and sophomore year. Now that's a good thing and a bad thing. It's a great thing that he was starting in his freshman and sophomore year because a lot of quarterbacks don't even get that opportunity. They don't earn that opportunity, but he was doing it at BYU, who doesn't play a whole lot of anybody. And he was pretty okay. You know, then he has a sort of one year wonder year and that separates him from a guy like Fields or Lawrence who pretty much dominated the second that they got the rock. Um, however, still younger than Mac Jones still put up, um, stats were on the level of that. And while he played against lesser competition, he also played with a lot less quality players, right? His best wide receiver was Zach Milne, who is maybe like a sixth round pick. And I couldn't name anyone else on the BYU team. So I, uh, I just, I think Zach Wilson is a really strong quarterback prospect. Definitely not elite. I, I wouldn't be shocked if he busted. I would definitely feel more confident in Lawrence and in fields, but given how few chances we get to get a potentially elite quarterback and a guy who I think at least projects to be a pretty high end quarterback too, for a a number of years in this league, to get him probably in the middle of round one in super flex leagues, we have him at six here, and that's probably where you're going to see him go between five and seven. I think it's a really unique opportunity where normally if you get a prospect like Wilson, you have to take that guy at 101 or 102 in we yep. quarterback classes. Yeah. So just from a value perspective, I think I'm going to end up probably drafting a lot of Wilson this year, even though he's not my favorite quarterback prospect in the class. I'll, uh, I'll turn it over to Billy with that.
2: No, exactly. I think Zach Wilson as a whole is a great uh, sample in between mine and Jacob's different philosophies in playing fantasy football, uh, especially when you look at some of the uh, the higher players in this class. I think as a talent, Zach Wilson is he's, he's a black box. I mean, we don't know exactly what we know. And I said a similar thing about Trey Lance last week. Uh, the only reason I have Trey Lance higher is because Trey, Trey Lance has a bit more mobility upside. Mm-hmm. But when we're looking at Zach Wilson, every a lot of it comes down to, well, he looks like a pro style quarterback. He looks like someone who can succeed at a pro level. But he's playing behind a really good offensive line for what he for the competition he would face in college. He's doing it with a NFL talent wide receiver, which is something that. Isn't very common. In some of the other places he's playing football.
1: You're really stretching the definition of NFL talent with Dax Milne. <laughs> I,
2: I I think he could be. I think he could sneak into if a team likes him. I think he could sneak into a fourth round. I don't think he will. Oh, but fire. I agree with you. He's an NFL talent gunner on special teams. Yeah. Okay. Fine. <laughs> uh, either way, He just but,
0: snuck that in. It was but, just like Billy was with you for a second, and then you just ripped it away. I'm
2: sorry. I'm just here to interrupt Billy and enjoy a Newcastle. No, it's fine. It's fine. But either way, um, he is playing with a group of players who probably is – you can attribute a little bit of his ex- success to. But I don't think that can should take away. I mean, he's a player who we can see him making every throw on the field. We can see him very quickly processing. Yeah, see I like that throw
0: right there. I like that yep. throw right there goes oh,
2: right Dax He get Look at yeah, that goes down.
0: So yeah. you you can see him he goes right, he throws the pump right here, bang, checks it. I think that was designed. I don't think that's a read thing. That's I think that's clearly oh, yeah. designed. Oh, yeah. But he he can do it. It's something that an NFL team can ask him to do. He checked it. Perfectly good throw. Let him. Again, the competition's whatever. You want to see him have the ability like that. And you see him be that able right to That right there. Exactly. You want to see him be able to make the read and make the decision. His decisions are quick. And I like that it's confident and it's, it's very important. Go ahead, Billy.
2: I I was just going to say, and this will be my final point. He has a lot of the metrics you want to see in a pro style quarterback, but he is a very strong improvising player. Mm -hmm. Sans some of that mobility you expect to see. He's probably going to be a 300, 400 yard rusher at the next level as a quarterback. That's
0: right, right there.
2: But I think that's optimistic, but if he does that that's awesome. Yeah, but he his ability to improvise and, mm-hmm. you know, jump immediately to his third read whatever he sees on the field is very very good, especially for someone who's playing at a smaller uh college. Yeah. So I I like Zach Wilson. I don't think I'm going to end up having him because if I have the 105 in the and back drafts, foot there. Yeah, if I have the 105 in a rookie draft and I'm expecting that to be Wilson, I'd much rather just sell out a little bit and get one of the top three. But That's fair. It, if I don't have that option and Zach Wilson is sitting there 105 to 107, I'll take him over just. I we already have this listed over all the running backs and every uh, non-quarterback that isn't named Pitts or Chase.
0: So my thing is, is, how do you think he's going to stack up to other draft classes? Like this draft class isn't obviously like he's not in like a Christian Ponder situation where it's clearly a draft for need, right? The Jets have their pick of who they want. If they want to trade out or whatever, it's clear with trading Darnold, which I just want to say, shout out to Sammy D for getting out of, uh, out of the, the hell hole that is the current New York Jets <laughs> and heading to uh, be the hopeful savior of the uh, DJ Moore fan club and uh carolina panthers so shout out to him that, i'm happy for you i'm rooting for you they picked up your fifth year option you do you bb you do your thing um how do you think he's going to stack up to guys like say herbert or burrow and what do you think he obviously he's not going into a great situation like the jets they they did sign davis they do have mims and i, I say that he's not Corey going to be davis. right he's, they went and signed cory davis the running back situation is nope. woeful with the big uh tevin coleman signing
2: Hey, well, uh, LaMichael P. Ryan. Hey, Ty okay. Johnson.
0: Yeah, well, hey, all right. <laughs>
2: Le'Veon your, Bell's scorch in the don't,
0: backfield. Don't draft any of them, by the way, unless you're no, getting P. Ryan really late. But obviously, you know, this isn't the draft class for them to address that position, although they still might. So with given what he is projected to have and what you see in his skill set, I mean, Sam Darnold is probably his ceiling, I'm going to guess, for this season. Like, He doesn't really have a lot... To to work with. So, what would you expect, or what would you tell fantasy managers to kind of expect for their expectations from him in year one? Obviously, it's going to be a situation where he may not look great in like kind of a Tua style, and people are just jumping off right away. Is that something you're worried about, or are you preaching patience with uh, Zach Wilson this year?
2: I'm I'm going to preach patience with him and. That's solely because I really – I know this is going to sound bad to say because I feel like a lot of New Yorkers have said this recently. I really like what the Jets have been doing lately. I think they're actually doing the rebuild right this time, and that's building up with a lot of draft picks, signing players on smaller contracts where they can get them in for two years and decide if they want to keep them. I really like what the Jets are doing. That being said, I don't think Zach Wilson goes into year two – with uh, to a taste in his mouth, I think it's going to because I don't think the expectations are as high for him. I think he's going to go out there, he's going to show flashes, and then he's going to get a good chance next year with another a further developed uh, receiving core. And God, please, a better running back in that backfield. I, I think I'm going to take Zach Wilson in dynasty. I doubt I'm touching him anywhere in redraft.
1: Yeah, I think I mostly agree with that. Um, in terms of how I look at Wilson, I mean, in terms of near term, it's yep. like a yes and a no. So the yes side is that other than Lawrence, I think Wilson's probably the only other quarterback we can feel very confident in that starts week one of the season. Because I don't know who – like can you even name another quarterback on the Jets roster? Right. Nope. So, <laughs> So like – nope. So Zach Wilson's probably starting week one and that has innate value in and of itself, right? If you're in a startup that includes rookies and you're on the clock and you're like, oh, should I take Trey Lance or should I take Zach Wilson? I don't know what I'm going to be able to get at quarterback later in this draft. Well, at least if I take Zach Wilson, I know I can start him in the super flex spot in week one and then not have to, you know, take a Trey Lance and then have to draft two more quarterbacks because I'm not going to start him week one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think like that's something that has a lot of inherent value in especially a startup that's, you know, not a separate rookie draft. Um, in terms of what I expect from week one, not a lot. My for Wilson, uh, is Baker Mayfield. And I mean, that in a few ways, I think one, he's a very instinctual passer. Uh, he has functional mobility in the sense that he's not a guy who's probably going to rack up a ton of rushing yards, but he's very mobile in the pocket. And I think he actually throws quite well, um, while on the run in that way. Um, however, similar to Baker, uh, he's not a ceiling raiser of an offense or sorry. He's not a floor raiser of an offense to me. Like if you look at Baker's career, when he's had good weapons, when he has competent coaching, when he has a good offensive line, he's a pretty good quarterback. When he doesn't have that stuff, things tend to spiral on him. And I think Wilson could be similar where get him in a good situation. He'll be a very good quarterback. I don't know that he can make lemonade out of lemons, Right now, the Jets don't look super great. I think they'll address it in the future. I do think he's an upgrade over Sam Darnold, um, even just this year. But I don't know. I wouldn't be expecting much more than like a very low end QB two uh, yeah. this year.
0: And that doesn't mean bail. Like the trick and dynasty is mm-hmm. is slow sometimes. You don't have to be quick. You don't got to just dump a player off for value. You can wait on a guy and and just because he doesn't do well, you got to look into more than just uh their base stats if you're not doing that i don't think you're setting yourself up very well uh for success in dynasty so that'll be our guy zach wilson coming in uh hot at six
1: so and number well seven done. is Dax milne <laughs>
0: <laughs> hey if billy at his way just want to give a quick shot we have maddie over here he's up <laughs> yeah. at here he's hey, glad to see you loves. maddie and we got the uh, three FF amigos. We are going to talk about a little bit later, like in the bit, like in the oh. bit. So we are. <laughs> I read going that as three move...
1: flamingos at first.
0: <laughs> you know what? I'll be honest. I did two at a time. So the next player we're going to talk about now is is kind of uh, the first running back. You know, the position everybody wants to overdraft and overcharge you for in fantasy football. Uh, I think that the last year's class has set expectations that are just not attainable for this year's class. And I think that the last year's class, that was the time to get your running backs. If you were looking ahead, I think there was a reason these guys decided to go back. I think they didn't stack up the same. So these running backs are definitely going to get overdrafted. However, that doesn't mean they're bad players with the first one being our guy here. Trash VPN. Woo. Uh,
2: it's, a I like it. it's a hot I, take It's yeah. a yeah i'm at
1: rb1 in this class i think this has become unpopular very unpopular i,
2: I remember last year right you when tested COVID started, well yep i was like the last only running year.
1: back that tested well like literally the only running back that tested yeah. well him and elijah mitchell from louisiana hey, game well oh. yeah okay yeah, yeah.
2: So, ah.
0: obvi- so obviously uh running back is the hot position um Where do you guys think he's going to stack up again, comparing to some of the guys from last year? And what would be your expectations um, in a vacuum for what you would expect out of him? A lot of people are calling for obviously RB one season. Don't see that being feasible, but obviously anything is possible. What are you guys expecting? What are you guys uh, telling people to temper expectations moving forward on a player like Travis Etienne?
2: Yeah, I remember looking back uh, last year, right when COVID started uh, and quarantine started, I got into walking a lot. And in that time, I would <laughs> listen to a lot of fantasy podcasts. And I remember two-for-one drafts, one of my favorite uh, draft podcasts, really liking Travis Etienne and basically saying they were surprised he went back and that if he had come out last year – Uh, He probably would be around like the DeAndre Swift range in terms of fantasy draft. Um, Looking into this year, I'm kind of surprised he's falling down. Like a lot of people are saying they have him as low as RB3. I'm sure there's some dude on Twitter right now who's banging the drum for him to be RB4 or 5 or something. Um, But a lot of people are kind of pushing him down draft boards. And it surprises me. I mean, he has just about everything you can ask for in an RV metric, outside of a few fumble issues and originally some size issues. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he—I think he
0: blew those size issues out of the water when he tested. Like, yeah, uh, I think he, I think bigger. I think he
1: blew those size issues by drinking a lot of water.
2: Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah or by you know that weight. <laughs> there, there's an old interview with Travis Etienne where he said he really liked food. Um, I don't know how important that is. Obviously, I'm a much bigger Hard-headed man than Travis. Analytics. Obviously, I'm a much bigger bigger man than Travis ETN, but you can be my feature back any day. Thank you. Uh I think I profile more like a linebacker. Um, but that being, said, <laughs> that being said, that being said, put up two 1600 yard seasons at Clemson. I mean, almost 50 receptions his senior year, 2,000 all-purpose yards in 2019. He just checks all these metrics, and it seems like it's getting to the point where people are almost overthinking the name on the helmet. I, I don't know if that's the case, where it's, you know what, it's Clemson. He's playing next to the QB1 we got to push him down the strapboard cuz he was playing in a blown up offense. But the funny but. thing
0: is is in this season they he wasn't. Yeah. They, they had issues on their line. Uh they lose Rogers. Uh, uh obviously Chase being gone. Um like they they didn't have the same high powered offense. Like they yeah. they relied on ETN. Like he was in games where they were up 48 to 7 and he was still their their number one guy because I just don't think they had a lot behind him, yeah. So they relied on him when things started to kind. They shifted their game plan around uh, protecting Lawrence and giving ETN the ball in a workman like he
1: goes up. That's a fantastic run.
0: Cuts it out. He breaks a couple of like. He's hard to bring down. He's got control on the outside, which is very important. They run, this draw, like play. They run this draw play a lot. Um, mm-hmm. And the draw play is a hard play to run. You have to be reading the field. You have to break the initial tackles. He, arm tackles aren't going to bring him down. See an arm tackle there, and then finally he gets wrapped up. Yeah. Like Arm tackles aren't really going to bring him down, and that's something you want to see uh, at the NFL. Here's a great... Great reason right there. Yeah, I mean, that's what you want to see. Yeah.
2: Like those wheel routes out of the backfield are I fantasy money. And,
0: and the throw was a little late too. I mean, and yeah, it was behind him, run. he adjusted and look at this. He's using his lower body. He gets a little help, but I mean, that's a big boy run. Yeah. In in I mean, the defense is in that. Look at this stiff arm. Mm-hmm. Like, He's always falling forward. He has everything you want. And even if he he doesn't play at the at the weight he he weighed in at the combine, I think that people have this idea that he's like CJ Spiller, right? Like yeah. again, they're 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 helmet scouting. So they think he's CJ Spiller and he, you know he's not gonna break the tackle. He has he does have everything, and you're right. I think he has every reason to be the number one RB in this class. He's yeah. not my RB1 in this class, but I, I don't mind him in the spot here.
2: I think, uh, real quick, before I toss it off to Jacob, Uh, when I was watching Travis Etienne, I came up with quite possibly my favorite player comp I've ever come up with. Mm. And it's it's what people say Duke Johnson is going to be every year. (laughs) Every time I see Travis Etienne touch the ball, all I can hear is me, two years ago, being like, yeah, they're going to throw the ball to Travis Etienne, or they're going to throw the ball, at Duke Johnson. He's going to have all this passing. Like he just seems like he profiles as an elusive back who can work as a workhorse. And I think the way he the did. NFL is going, he has a very long career. And if you can get him in Dynasty, I absolutely would.
0: I mean, another big thing too is with the week seventeen, I think you're going to see it more common that running backs are only going to play in fourteen games. Like period. Like even if you're healthy, you're probably only really like you might suit up like a for the goalie other in game. hockey. Yeah, exactly. I think you're going to see a lot more um, workload management, right? Like I think that week 17 is going to make that big a difference. So he can do three downs. He he can, he can fit into a, um, a specific role if they need him to, though I don't think that'd be very smart. Like even in this outside pitch, he gets the pitch late, stiff arm cuts it back, arm tackles,
2: never even touches the ground
0: nope yeah. that's body control he's here's another angle of His it I, I love getting the second impressive. angle step yeah. on the outside. get your hands off me don't touch me whoop yeah oh there it is like he can do it at every level and that's of the game. that's a here's State, the breakaway right? here's the breakaway right here yeah. see you later god he get, runs like a sprinter get, i know off of me so jacob when you look at a guy like etn why are you where are you comfortable drafting him in a rookie draft superflex obviously that's what we do uh we we do superflex that's, that's our main gimmick right so where are you taking him in your rookie drafts uh for superflex right now like where would you be willing
1: yeah so i mean it really does depend on on your team build your team need like i'm I, I really do think that there's, like, several guys that are acceptable to take at the 1-3, and I think uh, Travis Etienne is one of them. Um, I have him ranked here at 1-7, but, you know, it, I really think, like, these three running backs and then Lance and Wilson, like, if you don't need a quarterback, you do need a running back. I, I would absolutely advocate for, for taking the running backs instead. I think, in general, they're very much on the same plane. With Etienne, like, I... I think he's going to be probably the safest to me of the running backs and possibly the highest upside. I I think that he has the highest floor just in the sense that, you know, at least my opinion, other people disagree. I care about athletic testing running back. I care about size adjusted athleticism at running back, especially for projecting top 12 seasons. And if we're taking a rookie running back in round one, we want top 12 seasons. Like I, to me, if I'm investing the one seven in a player, And the best I ever get is a top 24 finish at running back. That's useless to me. That's a wasted pick to me. So if we want high upside, we need athleticism. Travis Etienne provides that. Um, My arbitrary cutoffs for RB1 is hilariously 80th percentile speed score and 65th percentile burst. And ETN comes in at 79th and 64th.
0: Oh, that's funny.
1: That's fine. I'll give him a pass. (laughs) Um, He's basically right on the margins. But you know what? Uh Drew Ozchak, who was on my show a little while ago, he uh he says, What do they call the person who has the the least uh the lowest grades of anyone who passes med school? And they call that person doctor. Uh and that's kind of what (laughs) what Travis EGN (laughs) is. So like that. He's a guy who is, is very athletic, pass catching is phenomenal. Uh, you know, not as much early in his career, but towards his junior year, senior year, really made that a key component of his game. And for a guy who has uh solid burst solid size adjusted speed, really elite speed on tape. Although to me, you can't give him credit for the extra weight and then give him credit for his tape speed because he wasn't playing at that weight when he looked that fast. So I think you have to sort of give him credit for one or the other um, and has the pass catching profile that we love. So the fantasy upside is really, really high because he can be that three down workhorse back who provides you value in all phases of the game gives you the goal line production, gives you pass game production and can break off all of these big plays and breakaway runs. Um, If I have concerns about him, his his change of direction is solid and it's subtle in the open field. I, I don't love him between the tackles. I think a lot of the best plays and a lot of the plays that we're seeing on this are a lot of pitches, a lot of draw plays, a lot of swings. I think that he's inconsistent between the tackles. Sometimes you can see him power through contact quite well. Sometimes he has a tendency to sort of spin away from contact a little bit, and he can go down a little bit easier. Uh, in terms of a player comparison, uh, I have Miles Sanders, who's almost identical in terms of the uh, workout metrics. Also, mm-hmm. you know, a solid mm-hmm. pass catcher. And I think has some of the same strengths and weaknesses where we look at Sanders as overall a very efficient running back, but sometimes you'll see some not awesome runs out of him between the tackles, and then he'll pop one for 70 yards. And I think that yeah, could be yeah. something where ETN is as well. I think he probably works best in the type of role that gives him like 14, 15 carries and then six, seven targets, you know, like a Jones, a Kamara, a Sanders, a Swift, not a 25 carries, you know, type of guy in the eye formation. But I think that's where the NFL is going. I think Big in the time. right scheme, he'll be fantastic. Personally, I really want to see him in Arizona, uh, an offense that spreads the field. You can't have seven, eight guys in the box there. He's going to get a lot of opportunities in these draw plays where he only has to make one linebacker miss he's going to get swings he's going to get a lot of the work that we saw chase edmonds be successful with you know and Kenyon drake and i think he's a much much better player than both drake and edmonds i like etn i'm comfortable with him as the rb1 in this class and um and and that's you know that's something where if i'm gonna start up today i don't know if i draft him as the rb1 because harris has so much more implied value but who do i think will have the best career i i do think it's travis Etienne.
0: So quickly, while I adjust what we're talking about here, what do you mean by implied value? Help the people out here.
1: Yeah, so I mean, I just saw on Twitter actually today um, they polled, I think, twenty to twenty-five, uh, you know, draft and fantasy analysts on Twitter to rank all the different positions, and one of them, like literally one of them, had Etienne as the RB one, and it was like eighty percent Harris and like you know nineteen percent, I guess, uh, Javante Williams. And so to me, like, if I'm on the clock and I actually had this decision in a league that I'm in right now in a startup where I see Harris there, Williams there and ETN there before the draft. I have a hard time pressing the ETN button right now, just because I think Harris has so much more market value overall that, you know, if I just take Harris to me, it's like easier to add a little bit to Harris and then go up and get a running back like Akers or Gibson or Swift who I really, really, really want, you know, or maybe I even be able to trade Harris for ETN plus something, because most people at least have Harris higher. Um, okay. That's, that's like point. me personally. I'm always trying to sort of min max the market in that way. But if I was in a league with no trades where I just taking a guy and that's my guy, I'm, I'm taking ETN over Williams and over Harris personally.
0: Fair enough. And and the next running back that we're going to talk about is who I actually have is my RB one uh, in this class. I like him a lot. I think he fits every box. Uh, he, obviously, his speed score could be a little bit better, but uh, for me, the RB one, but the consensus for the full tilt, Javante Williams is the RB two in this class. I like him. I think he fits the size profile. He can catch. He blocks. Not that that matters, but it kind of does. It matters to, matters coach to you, Tom. <laughs> it matters to coach rhetoric. And, and that's something that believe it or not, the reason why you keep seeing uh quote unquote, uh, poopy running backs on the field instead of your superstars exactly is is because they can do all of the things coaches want you to do on third down like block and check release and all that fun stuff but as you watching what we're seeing with williams on screen here he does all of it i think he has the best contact balance in the class jacob i'm gonna start with you what is it about williams that gets you hype and what kind of sets you away from him
1: yeah, so Javante Williams pre-Pro days was my RB1 in the class. And ETN passed him up uh, because, you know, whether this makes me a donkey or not, I value size adjusted athleticism. Um, we You're gonna
0: hammer that point home today <laughs> for sure.
1: Well, it's just a lot of people a lot of people just straight up don't believe athleticism matters. And to me, it's yeah, like if that's silly. I, and it's not even as much about that. Like I, I wanna be transparent about my process and why I rank people the way that they do. So if if you believe that size adjusted athleticism shouldn't be a major part of your process, then I think you should draft Javante Williams as the first running back off the board, right? I want to make it clear that that's why I prefer ETN so that if you don't see things the way I see things, then you won't you know, come to the same conclusions that I do. Um, in terms of Javante, best thing is he's actually a 21-year-old early declare, unlike yep. Harris and ETN. That yep, matters. Like that. Big less time. A, matters. Less of running back than wide receiver, but it absolutely matters um, in terms of, First of all, just a projection of, of you know, their growth for their talent. And it also matters, of course, because running backs don't have a very long shelf life. So this gives us yeah. you know one extra year before that AJ apex comes in. Um, in terms of his best attributes, got a ton of bursts. He can get upfield in a hurry. Uh, also, pretty solid in the pass game. Both his and Carter's pass game numbers from a target share perspective don't wow you. But I, I just from like watching the tape and from understanding that offense if they didn't have an offense with two NFL wide receivers in it and two running backs that are probably, you know, arguably top five, top six in this class, both of their target shares, I think would be higher. I don't think that like an 8% target share reflects Williams's abilities in the past game. I think it could be much better. Um, and I think he could grow into that level in the NFL, a la okay. a Melvin Gordon or a Chris Carson. The concerns of Williams is just a lack of top end speed uh, he tested pretty poorly coming in at an official 458, although I've seen a frame by frame 453. Or if you adjust the official, it's 463. So, yeah, quite a range. <laughs> and that's 2021, so right? 40 times. Yeah, weird this year. So, yeah. whatever. It ranges from like pretty decent to actually bad. Comes in at 212, which is at the low end of feature back size. Uh, but I think he plays bigger than that. He plays stronger than that. I mean, you look at him running downhill. To me, I think the the ceiling for a Javante Williams would be like a Melvin Gordon, where he's a guy that, you know, maybe doesn't have a ton of breakaway runs, but he's able to rip off chunk gains. He's a great goal line running back. And he develops his pass catching as he gets into the NFL and gets that opportunity. And then you can see, you know, an RB1 out of Javante Williams. The floor to me, you know, looking at guys with his similar profile and probably draft capital, like the floor would be if he turns into, you know, a... Carlos Hyde type or a carry on Johnson type where the pass game doesn't really come together. The top end speed limits him and he sort of becomes more RB2 than RB1. Comp wise, I have him sort of in the middle. Chris Carson is where I go. Uh, I think he's going to be a running back that runs hard. Coaches are going to love him. He's going to be a strong presence in all factors. Maybe not the super, super elite upside, but he's definitely a guy who could be a a stud on your fantasy team for, for multiple years running if he's able to stay healthy.
0: I think the scary thing for me is is I see a little bit of David Montgomery in him. Just a little bit. Mm. Um, yeah. And Montgomery proved that he can do it. He, he had some shoddy defenses to play against. But he's been durable. He, he's produced. He hasn't had a lot to work with. I see Williams potentially following that mold. And that means you could get him at Montgomery prices after the first year. And then who knows? I, I don't like the spin for seemingly no reason on that play. I think he does a little bit too much. But... I mean, hopefully that's something that, it like, it worked for him, obviously. I don't think you're getting away with that in the NFL, personally. Um, but here you see the power. He's driving through. He's he's in the middle. He can go outside. That's, again, that's against college competition. But you, you see some bigger, maybe not even bigger, but semi-slower backs still be able to work the outside a little bit. Uh, Billy, when you watch Williams play and you watch him press the outside like he does right here, powers his own Ring guy over yep, guy, the his own guy way <laughs> beasts through why do you like williams All right. uh
2: i like williams and i know i'm the the one who's out on williams here i have him as my rb3 in this draft but the three guys i have at the top for rbs are like it, it's razor thin i mean williams harris etn it's to the point where I may take one over the other one, just because I took one of them previously in a different draft and I just game? want different exposure. <laughs> yeah. I feel like you. Williams is a very interesting player. I think he has a lot, a very large chance to produce at a higher level. I think there's a chance he could have a Mark Ingram S career. Um, but also like, Uh, Jacob said his top end speed. Isn't that nothing to gawk at Uh, his velocity differential. I really like like his time between the line, the speed he runs at before he gets to the line versus the speed he gets to in the open field. I really like just the way that (laughs) I
0: like the way he uses his hands to make that catch too. a lot of running back will take that to the chest and it doesn't look as clean Hands were out front. It was both hands here. You see the stiff arm, the contact balance. He's low to the ground while he's running. Sorry to cut you off. I just wanted to point that out. Mm -hmm. This is another nice one. I like this one here. Makes the cut back inside. Chooses to go north-south. I like seeing that. Billy carry on.
2: Yeah. Uh, I love that his legs never stop moving. (laughs) Hopefully not carry on. But I love that that (laughs) his legs never stop moving. You can see it when he's wrapped out, wrapped up, and they're pulling him down to the ground. He's still pushing for a little bit more yardage. Um, a lot of his plays, a lot of what he does, looks natural. It doesn't look learned. Like it looks like he's just picking up something and going, going along with it. Like it seems. That's like an
0: underrated really part of playing running back too. A yes. lot of it is natural ability. Like when you play running back, usually it's because you're the best athlete, you know, or you get pick to play quarterback because you're the best athlete and can throw far. But otherwise you naturally, very rarely do you teach someone how to play running back. It yeah, is a natural sure. feel. So you're exactly. very right. I like, I like that for sure. Billy.
2: Yeah. And he, he's not the fastest, but I really don't think that matters because he just runs through guys. Mm-hmm. Like that's the yardage, sure. <laughs> the yardage that a player like Travis, Travis Etienne will pick up or whoever you want to pick Javian Hawkins. Will pick up. You had Javian Hawkins. I I like Javian Hawkins. Uh, The yardage, the extra two yards that Javian Hawkins may pick up, uh, Williams is just going to pick up by running through the other team. So, all Mm -hmm. in all, I think he's a really good player. I think he has the potential to have a long career. I also think he has the potential to kind of get hurt a little bit. Um, I love Jacob's uh, dream landing spot at Pittsburgh. I have Arizona. I think he's a good scheme match in Arizona with a little bit of pat, a little bit of pass catching, but also the ability to kind of be a grinder. All in all, I like Javonta Williams. Like I said, the top three in this class are pretty close.
0: I like your comp of Mark Ingram. I think he's a great, I think that's a a solid one for him. I think that's very good. And I'm not a big comp guy, but I know it takes a lot to, to get a comp that, that works and that fits and, and, really works with it so before we keep going i do want to give a shout out to the podcast that we are going to hype up this week we all think that hyping up other people in the community is important it's not done enough and whether it's 40 listens 100 listens 100 downloads 100 people in the live if you give other people the opportunity to have their voices heard it's it's not hard to have them do the same for you it takes work it takes time and it takes help so today we are giving our shout out to the three football amigos and I I like the story to these guys. I had the time uh, actually. I was talking to their their Jacob, uh, uh, today, and <laughs> their I version. their version of Jacob today. And I like the story. The three Fantasy Football Amigos is a brand new Dynasty Football podcast formed by three pals who wanted to share a glimpse of their daily conversations with those in the Fantasy Football world, and to provide advice looking f- uh, for those looking to get into Fantasy Football. And I think they stand out because fantasy football brought them together as they met through uh, leagues and it, it helped foster their friendship. And, you know, they really feel like it's one that will last a lifetime. Sound familiar, guys? And yeah, yeah. How well they know each other, their banter is genuine. I've heard it. And it's something the listeners will appreciate. They're not structured in the same way that some are. It's not as much of a show sheet rundown. It is a casual show for casual fans that still want to retain some information. They go with the flow and they really hammer home some really great points. Go check them out. Like I said, they're new. They have a couple episodes up. You can go and find them for that. And I would definitely suggest uh, giving them the shout out. Uh, once again, we have here. Appreciate it. We appreciate you. Uh and everyone in the community want to give everyone the opportunity to have their voices heard. Um and I think that more people need to do the same. Don't feel shy to reach out next week. Guess what? We're gonna need we're gonna need more people to shout out here. So don't be shy. You let us know what you need. I will get it to you. We'll get you out here. Whoa. You will get your own personal ad. This your is Italian is coming out. This is something well, I gotta do. Your own ad. I, I gotta do it when I gotta convince some people to do some stuff.
1: And if you don't I, want to add, you'll get a horse's head in
2: your bed.
0: Man, Hey. So that <laughs> went
2: bastardization, right? That's that
0: stuck, by the way. The, yeah.
2: <laughs> That's
0: stuck. They're using it. So hey, you never know what you what you're gonna get here. Um, it might help you. Well, it It's a yeah. box of chocolates. You. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I still love that. I love that so much. Uh, that's the the monocle dynasty. It's so good. Moving on. We're gonna go. We got two players left. Thanks for hanging in there. We're gonna rip these off. This one's gonna be a little quicker. We're gonna get through this one a little bit quick so we can stay on time, and that Ooh. way we don't carry too much over. And guess what? It's the big boy. It's the freak. Yeah. Najee Harris. Yes. That's right. It's Woo. Najee Harris. I saw that interview. I got you, big man. We are gonna do you correctly. We ain't gonna do you dirty. So guys
1: we we did do him dirty, putting him in RP3. Hey, hey, hey.
0: But respect. <laughs> I have we're putting respect on the name, okay? And it's you know, it's not our fault is athletic testing is in question. All right. Anyway. Uh Jacob, real quick, why do you like Harris other than the fact that he's an absolute animal on the field as he dummies this poor DB real quick? Bam. Yeah. Oh my lord.
1: Look, so I think Harris, um, at least at running back, is probably the best, you know, uh case to have a real dichotomy between how much you're into the analytics, how much you're into just raw production versus um the athletic testing versus you know the trust to Tate um contingent like if I was just you know Martian dropped onto earth and all I could do to decide which running back I wanted to roster was to turn on you know their highlight pack there's no question that Najee Harris Najee Harris sorry would be my RB1 in the 2021 class I I mean I I love this guy's game he's absolutely huge he's got you know pretty top end speed I think at least for his size right I'm we're always size adjusting speed and he he weighs about 230 pounds. So even at a high four or five, which we'll never know, but that's kind of where I would expect them to run. That still grades out quite well. Also, what's absolutely remarkable is there are so few running backs I can think of that have his size and his uh, receiving prowess. And usually when you think of these big power backs in the receiving game, it usually looks like Okay, we're gonna throw a screen to Derrick Henry for four yards. Hope he catches it. Hope no one tackles him within the first two, and then we just have this, you know, big Coke machine that gets <laughs> to run down the field, oh, trampling yeah. people for seventy yards. Yeah, for That's sure. not Harris. He can do that. But I mean, look at him right there. He's actually super fluid in terms of you know leaking out of the backfield, catching it quickly, pivoting. This I'm so glad you pulled up that play. It's almost like we had rehearsed this because that play, especially if you look, if you ever look at it from the overhead view, that exact play against Florida, it is one of the crispest Texas routes uh, or angle routes um, that you'll really see out of any running back in this class. It's, it's like McCaffrey-esque. So you get a guy who's 230 pounds who has at least adequate speed and excellent size adjusted speed, we think, uh, who can <laughs> yeah. run routes out of the backfield. I mean, that's monstrous. So in that vision, it brings me to a comparison of a guy, you know, like a Steven Jackson, who's really the only other guy I can think of that's this big, this powerful, this ferocious, and this fluid as a pass catcher. However, you see my comps there, there's two. The reason why is, so first of all, we don't know what his athletic testing is, right? And that there's a difference. I don't think scary, because of his yeah. size, like assuming he doesn't run 4'7 and watching the tape, I know he doesn't run 4'7. He's not David Cobb. So, <laughs> uh, you know, like... I, I know that it's not bad, but there is a difference to me that, versus David if Tom. he's like a four five one guy, now he's 230 pounds and he runs like a 4-5 flat, I'm like, okay, this guy's a monster. Whereas if he's 4-6, it's like, okay, well, that's quite good size for a big dude. Um, you know, and his burst matters to me a lot too, especially as a large guy because how quick he can get upfield and start to assert his dominance over the other players is really solid. And you can get a lot of that on tape, but I still want the testing and not having that, is, is a struggle for me and the other struggle of course is that he's going to be 23 years old and he and it's not just about the age right running back workload
0: too in the is in those years that scares the crap out of me yeah these
1: the last couple of years he's had a ton of work but to me like the age I want to talk about why the age matters to me and it's a little bit less of an issue to me at running back than wide receiver which might even be counterintuitive but it's not just the years like running backs in general in Dynasty are one contract assets. Anyways, you're if you can get the four years out of them, you're super happy. He's probably going to get drafted in the first round. So you your four years plus a fifth year option. You sell him at the end of that, or or he or you know he doesn't exist for you anymore. That's fine. You you can expect that and move on. the The issue to me is, it's like he's been basically he, he's been he's older than Cam Akers, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins, Ooh, Clyde nice edwards Hilaire, and Jonathan oh, Taylor man. are now right? Not not older than they were as prospects. Right now, every one of those guys, CEH, Swift, Dobbins, Taylor, he's older than them now. So he was at the same age as NFL running backs, like Josh Jacobs and Miles Sanders, dominating a bunch of 19-year-olds. And to me, I have to factor that in when I'm watching how dominant he looks on tape. And he didn't start producing until his age 21 season. So if I look at another guy who's got the same size, same impressive receiving workload, who didn't actually start producing until age 21... And I had to dig way back through the through the Excel sheet. It's a carbon copy of Mikel Ashore. And so he came into the NFL, obviously, was highly drafted. He got day two capital, not day one capital. Did not pan out well. And so sometimes when you get these prospects that are older all of a sudden when they go against people their own age in the NFL, they don't quite look like the same physical freaks they did in college. So that's my caution flag with Najee Harris. It's why he's not my RB1 in this class, but I could absolutely see him being the RB1 in this class, and I I expect him to come in and and be a force in his first year and probably in a three-down role.
0: Yeah, Yeah. man, I can't argue with anything there. That's for 100% for sure.
2: Yeah. Uh, Just going off of what you said, I mean, he's a big flipping dude. Like this is a
1: ridiculous run.
2: Yeah. Oh, go Go
1: I watched that one live.
2: <laughs> Love that. Can you feel your uh, heart
0: breaking from here. Yeah.
2: Just, just looking at Najee, I mean, he's his receiving ability for his size is great. He reminds me of Le'Veon Bell a little bit, which I know is a ridiculously good comp. But just, I don't
0: think I don't think it's ridiculous. I mean,
2: I mean, I good as in like. That's like saying Trevor Lawrence is Peyton Manning. Who would say that? You. Uh, You. you. That was the joke. It's on brand. He's a very very pro-style running back. He has a great push, great elusivity. He's my girlfriend's mother's favorite player because she watched him play Notre Dame, and he lateraled that dude, just ethered him to the next fucking dimension. He's a monster. Uh, I absolutely love Najee Harris. I think he's going to be great. My dream landing spot is Pittsburgh, which goes along with the Le'Veon Bell uh, play. But that's mostly just because I think, just in terms of philosophy, I think Najee Harris is perfect for Pittsburgh. And I think in terms of a pro-style running back, there's going to be a lot open to him to succeed at the next level and get that workload. So I I I see no reason that he's – I think he's extremely safe, which this is Jacob saying I play a lot with hats. Uh, Don't need to explain that joke now. But I think the whole point is that Najee Harris is very safe. I think he's the most likely to have a very successful NFL career. I just don't think he has a ceiling that ETN shows.
0: I think that last statement is pretty telling. I think he's going to have the best shot at a, the best NFL career. I like Pittsburgh, but it's not because of, of the comp for Le'Veon Bell. It's more because of my comp for James Conner. Um, oh, I think he's a better Conner. Uh, be obviously, Connor. I think he's I think he's better than James Conner. I'm a better think- Conner. I think he.
2: Oh, you a better Connor. (laughs) (laughs) I think he
0: fits the mold for what they, how they used James Connor. I don't think they're gonna use him the same way you would use Le'Veon Bell with how many receptions he got. He can do it, but they wouldn't do it. But the same routes that they had Connor run and even set him out sometimes, spreading him out wide. I think that if he lands in Pittsburgh, which that's the comp I like, it would scare me and make me upset that Pittsburgh uh, has to play Baltimore two times a year, and I'd have to see that absolute truck of a human. But I think he's maybe more athletic than James Conner. Again, we don't know. He is. Conner is like
1: sixth percentile burst. You you can't (laughs) be less athletic than James (laughs) Conner unless you're Jeremy But but I think – yeah, well, no. Or Benny Snell josh
0: exactly i think that he would fit them perfectly but i think it would be more of a james connor scenario than it would be for a LeVeon bell scenario that's just my two cents on him he's definitely my least favorite in the class which is send me uh why he is where he is guys last player
2: that's enough rbs yeah we won't be talking about running backs
1: for like a very long time now
0: i don't think we have have another one (laughs) well
1: hey (laughs) Yeah, Billy True. will work gain well in here somewhere yeah. single He's try. Or... He's
0: gonna try to slip me a twenty and be like, "Hey, hey, let me get, <laughs> let, me, let me get that." I like let me Kenny get that Gainwell, well. <laughs> guys, yeah. our number ten prospect leading up to uh, this draft are counting up. We are at ten. We have the man, the man that I want in Baltimore so freaking badly, but it would make all of Twitter shed many, many. Tears, Rashad Bateman, so good as a player through his whole time in college. The guy is a freak. You see on the first play here, he slips that tackle, he busts it outside, he does what he needs to do. Jacob, why do you like uh Bateman as the wide receiver number two in this class?
1: Yeah, so, I mean, for for a long time this offseason, I considered him Rashad Bateman, you know, bae uh, men and then oh. unfortunately he, he showed up. You know, as half a Bateman at his pro day, uh, yeah. and then he kind of <laughs> became Rashad Bateman. Um, so that, if he gets good, he's
2: Master Bateman. Oh, oh okay, stop all, that. Right. All, all right, right.
0: Oh. all right. Oh. I thought oh, that mop, was great. Mop, 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 this is a this
2: is
1: a this is this is a family friendly show, you wanker. No <laughs> pun intended. Uh, anyway, look, Rashad Bateman. Nothing that I saw, you know, on the field. Nothing that's in his production profile necessarily changes because he came in at you know six feet one ninety versus six two two ten. The only thing that really affects it to me is is the ceiling. So I still love Rashad Bateman and he stays at number ten overall for me in Superflex and as my wide receiver too. Best things to me about Bateman: first off, first off, analytically. You know, one of the few guys in this class that had an 18-year-old freshman breakout. The only other guys that have that going for them is the Sun God, Amon Ross St. Brown, Rondale Moore, Rashad Bateman, and then maybe Seth Williams. We're still trying to figure out how old he actually is. Uh, (laughs) He he pulled the reverse Tejada on us. Uh, In terms of uh, any baseball listeners, I hope you get that one. In terms of Rashad Bateman's game on the field... (laughs) Uh, it's, you know, it's phenomenal. He's a really, really excellent route runner. He has a large variety of releases. He's got fantastic hands. I know his, people say his drop rate was high. I don't really care about drop rate. I've seen everything I need to see when I watch him make contested catches in traffic, both in the slot and outside. He's a guy that's really, really versatile. The the top end speed, you know, we'll see his, his, he's someone that had a very large discrepancy between his pro day official time and his frame by frame. So I think it ranges from somewhere to very good to at least adequate. Either way, that's fine. If I look at guys who had, you know, not that super elite speed, but come in at a similar size, also have the 18-year-old breakout and sustain production through it, you think comps that we can get out of that become Stefan Diggs. Uh, you see uh, Juju Smith-Schuster pop up in that. And ultimately, a guy who I think he really reminds me of is just a solid wide receiver who can win outside, inside, in a variety of ways is Pierre Garçon. And some people yeah, might think that that's a negative. Yeah. Uh, I love Pierre Garçon. He was he was a good player in Indianapolis. He was terrific in a different role in Washington. Yeah. Um, I think he's just a really strong player. I think. Do I expect Bateman to ever be a top five wide receiver in fantasy? Uh, probably not. However, I, I think that he's a guy who's going to be at the very least a wide receiver two for a very long time. And if he gets in the right situation and if his game develops appropriately, he has that wide receiver one upside.
2: Yeah. I completely agree. I, I think Bateman is the type of wide receiver I really love. Um I love Look a player uh, yeah. I I love a player speed, like though. Bateman that I can pair with a kind of a lower lower floor player who can absolutely have some burst games. Um, yeah. I really like like just taping two people together For my wide receiving core But that's what I really like about Bateman He shows a very good skill As a ball tracker His contested catch plays are amazing He has great body control He's very elusive in the open field He can run a full route tree Which is amazing The only real fear is sometimes he has some trouble Dropping passes Not that, there. Shouldn't have said that there That was his best catch Besides <laughs> the point uh he also has some of that high-end speed issues that you know everyone's running a 4-3 this year so sad when Bateman doesn't but um all in all I think Bateman is going to be I, I think Jacob said it best he's going to be a wide receiver too for many years to come and he's that type of player who if he catches enough touchdowns I think he has that wide receiver one upside any given year I my comp to him and this is less from a player perspective it kind of works from a player perspective but I think it's best from a fantasy perspective is Robert Woods. Um, Bobby Trees. I I think consistently every year Bateman is going to be a little bit underrated. Every year he's going to consistently finish wide receiver 16 to 12. He's going to be staying right around that range. And every year he's going to get drafted as the wide receiver 20 because he doesn't have some of this flashy upside. I keep saying these things when he like, Pulls a breakaway fifty-yard touchdown on it's the. It's intentional. The video. Tom's
1: doing you dirty.
2: Yeah, he he's really trying to downplay me. But I I, just, I read your summary. Yeah, I just <laughs> I don't think he has that you know the Tyreek Hill, Stephon Diggs upside that some of these other players have. But I think he has the ten receptions a game upside, and I think that's kind of what I really like to see in a wide receiver, and that's why uh, Robert Woods is my comp. Um my dream landing spots I love the idea of him going to basically anywhere that needs that like prototypical alpha. I have Atlanta listed which could be, you know, if Julio is retiring next year or tomorrow. You are pissed
0: off uh, Tom Lee with uh, the the dirt being thrown on Calvin Ridley when you're saying they need an alpha.
2: Yeah, uh, prototypical alpha. Calvin Ridley weighs 90 pounds. Uh Phil- Philadelphia <laughs> is a an- Philadelphia is another one I have listed and then Indianapolis as well. I have Indianapolis and that's, that's the highest compliment
1: I can give any player is if I, if I put the dreamland, but I want you with a horseshoe on your helmet, uh, then that, that gets a co-sign for me for sure. See,
0: and what's really funny is I did, uh, the dynasty drive podcast with, hey. uh, Anthony current Go figure. Uh, you know, and and I said that if a wide receiver is going to be drafted to Baltimore, as much as I like Marshall, I'd want it to be Bateman. I think Bateman is the guy that needs a touchdown-efficient quarterback. I think that's the offense he needs to be in. Oh, I God. don't think he's going to be the 130-target guy. Well, I certainly don't not think,
1: in Baltimore. That would be an 80% target I don't target think share. anywhere.
0: I don't think anywhere he's going to be that guy, and he needs a if quarterback— no, with, with Hertz acute, no, no, absolutely yeah. not. No,
1: it can be 100. And, who else is getting targets in Philly? I, I trust I, the Philadelphia passing right offense
0: more or less than I do in Baltimore, man. I want a quarterback, yeah, like, but you you're, go, you're, biased. No, 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 I'm absolutely 100% not biased. I Tom, there was Ravens
2: behind us last
0: time. I completely... Well, that's because you guys didn't do it. You were told and send me the pictures that I, I asked you to, so I adjusted. Thank you very much.
2: Give I think me, we lost Jacob, it, by the way.
0: Doing it dirty there, maybe. But the reason I want... Why I like Bateman there is he's a guy that will easily catch 10 touchdowns, 12 touchdowns in that offense. You know, again, Hollywood Brown had a stretch where he was very, very, very good. I think Bateman's a better player than him. He would immediately take over the alpha role. And, uh, oh, hey, wow. we, we, have we two did games. lose you. Well, oh. we had two there for a minute. I was that, just trying to,
1: yeah, I was just trying screaming to screaming at you but your Ravens bias, and then you ejected me unceremoniously.
0: Look, I'm not biased. There's a big I button. understand <laughs> what they're, I understand that it would not be the best fit for him in fantasy. Or anyone Obviously, who wants
1: to catch passes.
0: Right. But, in Baltimore, he would have the ch- easily have a chance at ten to twelve touchdowns, no problem. He would immediately take take over that role. Well, personally, especially because oh, sure. I think Mark Andrews is not going to be on the team uh, when his contract is up. Believe it or not, uh, I think Very that 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 would be a spot for him that I like for him in real football. And I actually wouldn't totally hate it for where he's going to get drafted in fantasy. You guys are higher on him than me, but as I mentioned. Uh, with the Dynasty drive, you can go and check that show out where I mention why I like, uh, Bateman in Baltimore. So guys, that's our list. Okay. That's our top 10. Well done. We got there.
2: Time to Uh, argue.
0: (laughs) Coming next week. Coming next week. It's going to get a little, uh, wacky and verbally, uh, violent, I guess we're going to, I'm going to be verbal violence. Yeah. yeah. I, I'm going to be, I'm, I'm going to be sitting here trying to manage these two uh harping back and forth. So it's good. Um I think that we have, we're going to have some, some ranks that people are going to disagree on in the next five. Um
2: Yeah. I think <laughs> that's the,
0: yeah. Uh Shout out from Bar- uh Barry here. He tuned in today. Appreciate it. Uh, Appreciate everyone stopping in on the chat. I've seen some love on the Twitch. I'm seeing some love um, on the Book of Faces. Guys, we have expanded a little bit. uh, The Full Tilt uh, Dynasty podcast Twitter is up. It will be out pumping out content uh, via memes and fun stats and all the good content that you're getting here. We're going to be pumping that out to you. You can actually go and subscribe on YouTube with, uh, with the Full Tilt Dynasty podcast, where you will get this uh, video. You'll get some condensed highlights, a um, whole bunch of good stuff that you're going to get there. And obviously, you can find us all on Twitter at Thomas Tipple, FF, Big Billy, FF, and Jacob Sanderson at FF underscore RTDB. Did you like the show? Were you into it? I'm happy. Did you find something you disagreed with? Let us know. Do you want to get on the next show uh, with an ad? Let me know. We're going to get that to you. Do you want to come and join us on the show? Guess what? By golly, we can get it done. We will get it done. We are welcome. We we are more than welcome to have people come and join us and talk stuff. Don't, Kenny Gainwell.
2: I'm going to help.
0: <laughs> you're not allowed. We don't just talk rookies. This is just something we're doing leading up to the draft and hopefully pumping a little bit of life into a semi stagnant, um, stagnant, uh, conversation right now. Before we sign off, the way that we do, I just want to give a shout out to the man, DMX. Um, mm. he left us. Um, unfortunate, with the heart attack and and everything that that came after that, uh, he was doing really well. And it's also a reason why I think uh, addiction is a huge thing that you need to talk about. If you don't know DMX's past, uh, go and look into it. It's it's a sad but a really good story for someone that managed to pull through and hold records today uh, with his album sales and what he was doing. He was really excited about his upcoming album and everything he was doing there. So I just wanted to give a quick shout out to him. Um, we were all fans and a really, really sad day, uh, for all of us here. But again, check on your friends, check on your family. There's help out there. Go and seek it out. With that being said, exactly. I just wanted to, uh, remind everyone, uh, of something that's very important and it kind of goes a little bit something like this and that there's a fight going on out there gentlemen so why don't you get in it clear eyes full hearts
2: can't Can't Can't
0: lose good night everyone
1: Uh, did i go early fuck